hello there. You are listening to Jelly and Bean, and this is a show where we talk about all manner of geek topics, tech, movies, TV shows, games, and more. It's hosted by none other than Brandon Maines, an unlikely hero from the distant lands of the United States, and myself, Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly, an Apple fanboy with a heart of gold. Today is Friday, the 4th of October, 2013, and this is episode 45. Hello, Bean. Hello, Jelly. So, did you read the news today that uh, Doctor Who is going to be definitely streaming uh, around the world in like 70-something countries, I think it was, all at the same time? Uh, 75 countries, and yes, yes, I did hear that. Um, It's good news, especially for Doctor Who fans. Yes, and it's confirmation of what we mentioned many episodes back where we thought it would air in Australia at the same time as everywhere else, but there was no there was no saying yes, definitely this is one is airing in Australia. So it's good. That means that um you know the Doctor Who fans down under won't have to pirate and or wait or p- pirate wait. I know. Per wait per per wait. Pro wait. Pro wait. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna be able to make that do an easy word. Wire it. Wire it. No, okay. It's not really gonna work. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so it's good news. Yeah. You know, it's funny that we brought this up, but I don't actually know when that's going to be. Like, <laughs> what time it's going to end up being for us. Well, I can find out because I have an article or had an article. Well, have had ha- have have had an article. <laughs> <laughs> I had I, I read an article today uh, and I'm just going to re-find it because it's, I don't have it open because... Why would you do that? In the words of the immortal cat bug. Right, so I have an article. Uh, The article here says that uh, ABC has promised that the episode will air live on ABC One with uh, the same time as the rest of the world, which is Saturday the 24th of November at 6 a.m. Sunday, I think, the 24th of November. Is it? Yeah. It says Saturday on this one. Oh, it does say Sunday. Why did I? Why did I say Saturday? Clearly, <laughs> because, I just wanted it because early. you wanted a day sooner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it'll it'll show uh, Sunday morning, and then it'll show again Sunday evening at seven thirty. You know, like a normal airtime. Right. So, yeah. so it's the whole idea is that uh, it will be like you, you'll be able to watch it um, at the reg- at a more civilized hour. Because <laughs> let's be honest, six a.m. is uh, it's early. It's really early. Yeah. Very early, but um, you know, to to a time lord, time doesn't matter. So, <clears throat> well, you you know, we could we could just travel forward in time, and uh, and watch this. As I just I've just noticed in this article, which I will put in the show notes, uh, they ended the article with, and I quote, "It's all hoopening," <laughs> and uh, that's just awful and horrifying. And wow, that is that is pretty bad. <laughs> so uh, let's let's uh, let's you know that's with with that excellent news to start us off. Why don't we uh, why don't we get started on the on all the rest of the topics that we have, uh, like some of the stuff that we talked about last week. That sounds like a great idea. It just so happens that there is a bit of follow up we have. Um, so do you remember last week I took an educated guess? And by educated guess, I mean, I read what was on the internet 
and said that Valve's next release would be a controller. Well, you, you were hoping that it wouldn't be. And then we discussed what we thought the controller might be. If I remember correctly, it was going to be a uh, a train simulator uh, right. that just produced steam. Um, yeah. Well, un- That's not what happened. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, it didn't live up to those expectations, but it is still a controller. Look, they're very high expectations to live up to, Bean. I just want to point that out. Well, no. In fact, I believe they're not high enough. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, the new controller is definitely interesting. I would, I would, I would say interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I would even go as far as to say unique. It certainly is. Um, so the controller for for those of us, for those those of you who are kind of going, what the heck are these two on about? Uh, the controller is. I mean, it's pretty standard as far as controllers go, uh, except for the fact that instead of uh, like joysticks or D pads or anything like that, it uses like these touchpad. Yeah, things. yeah. So, so the the I guess the, the the main form factor of the device is is your is to me it looks very much like a, an Xbox controller. It's kind of got yeah, the, the, the weird like you know really heavy rounded legs almost to it. Um, it has seven f- buttons on the face. Um, and not, so, I mean, if you guys have ever used, well, either an, an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller, you know, that you have like the four buttons on the top, right? Or not. Yep. Yeah. So I guess top right of the front, this one's different in all the buttons are in or towards the center. Yeah. I find that really, really odd in like, because I mean, those buttons are typically used for things like, uh, like, you know, jump and attack and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, when, which this kind of removes those buttons, makes them more difficult to access. So, and you kind of have to access at least Y and X with your left hand, uh, which for me is my non-dominant hand. Right. And that, that seems like it would make it more difficult to, you know, to to use those. Yeah, because, well, like, I'm just trying to think, like, when I play, you know, like a, a first-person shooter, so, you know, like, like you said, the left, left joystick is, is usually your is your movement. So it's, yes. it's running, it's, you know, you know, like it's, it's your, your back and forth type movement. You, you don't yep. ever, ever take your hand off that one. No, you really because, don't. Yeah. Because you, you, you just, you just stop, but they have two buttons there that are essentially, you need to take your hand off that one to press, which I find is, a, is a bit strange. Um, but, but, but then again, like we, we could be thinking of this the wrong way. We, we could be trying to force it to work. Like an Xbox the way controller. that we expect, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah of course. Um, so the the other the thing about the, the the controller, of course, is the is these uh, is these touchpads, right? Because they're these kind of they almost look like eyes. Almost. Yeah, yeah they, um, it it does big. It looks like the controller's staring back at me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like vacant, it's dead eyes. Uh, and. So this like these are these are touchpads. So they kind of work in the same way that your thumbsticks work, uh, in that you kind of you can use them in various directions. Uh, but they're kind of more the, more similar to like a an iPad or, or or something like that. Like if you've ever played uh, a like a first person shooter or something uh, on on an iPad. Uh, you generally like you drag your finger around the screen in order to move or to you know to 
change the camera and stuff like that. It kind of looks like that's the way that it's going to work. Uh, but they are touchpads, so maybe maybe they will also uh, you can also tap them in order to use them as buttons as well. Right. So, so just for I guess for a bit more detail, there, there's actually 16 buttons on the controller. Um, that's a lot of buttons. Yes. So there, there's four shoulder buttons. So what what would we would call uh, you know Xboxers would call um, right button, right trigger, left button, left trigger. So it's the, the equivalent yep. of those. Um, but then there's there's also um, buttons on the the inner edge of the rear of the controller. To, so essentially, button buttons that you can push with your um, middle ring and pinky fingers. Assuming again, you know, if you imagine you're holding oh. a controller, so there, there, there's buttons kind of that are hidden away. Yeah, actually, actually, now that you now that you pointed out, I can kind of see. I think I can kind of see one of the buttons yeah. in the photo on this article. Which, in thinking about that, maybe those are the buttons that would that are that are actually going to be the ones replacing the normal face buttons on a PlayStation you know what? I or Xbox. I think you're right in that particular instance. Yeah. I think you. I think you're right. Uh, and these these other buttons are going to end up being something akin to you know menus and and maybe maybe things like uh, changing changing weapons and stuff like that stuff that typically the the D pad these guys gets used on, on yeah on for on the Xbox which makes it makes more sense to have them as 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 actual buttons as opposed to you know D pad yeah yeah well I mean I think that's interesting I I think it it would definitely take some getting used to. Um, just because like normally, you know, those fingers don't ever get used when, right. when playing games because like they're, they're always essentially just holding the controller and that's all they're good for. So it, you know, definitely take a bit, a bit more, I guess, coordination to go, oh, okay, no, no, that's, that's ring finger reloads and, you know, mi- middle finger, you know, jumps and this button, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm just actually looking up, uh, another, Another article that I, which I read earlier, so Gizmodo have got an article that it has a uh, has a hands on uh, type thing. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll add that to the show notes as well for those of you who want to kind of uh, get an idea of how much, whether or not this is going to be a good controller or not. Tommy, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Tommy Rafines. Well, I'm sure he doesn't listen, so you don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah, so uh, he is from Team Meat. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, you, for those of you who play games, you might know uh, Team Meat by their, probably their, their uh, the, the game that they're kind of named after, which is uh, Super Meat Boy. And uh, he wrote, in regards to this con- particular controller, he wrote, I was able to play Meat Boy the way Meat Boy can be played on an advanced level. And I'm uh, and I'm rusty at it. The right circle button was the jump button, so I'm guessing that's the that's the right kind of touch pad area. Right. Uh, and we had both triggers mapped to the run button, just like a regular Xbox 360 controller. We also had the run buttons mapped to the back trigger buttons I mentioned before that can be pressed with your fingers on the back of the pad. This worked great, but it did lead to a bit of hand cramping. I think this is due more to the way you use the run button in Meat Boy and not to the design of the controls of the buttons. All right. So, from what I understand of this, the 
the touchpads, the circular circular touchpads uh, are used as both kind of directional things as well as being buttons right. as well. So it means that you can use them as directions and tap them the same way that you would say a, a laptop trackpad. Yeah. The the triggers obviously work just like the triggers on an Xbox controller, but uh, from from the looks of it, there was the the he mentions the buttons underneath that you can uh, that you can use for for various uh, things, and uh, so obviously they get mapped to some of the other more uh, like the other kind of actions that you would normally use the control the other buttons the X Y A B buttons right. Uh, as we mentioned just before. And, yeah, and there's also one other interesting thing about the um, the controller is that the center of it, and if, if you guys see the picture, it's the one with the uh, Steam logo, um, center of it is a touchscreen. Right. So, Which is actually very similar to what uh, the Wii U has done because they have a, tr- they have a touchpad. That's exactly well, right. Kind of. Um, uh, this this one looks to be smaller than the than the one on the Wii U, though. Well, yeah, because um, the, the one on the Wii U is the whole thing. <laughs> well, it's half of it. <laughs> let's not get let's not get too crazy here with our exaggerations. It's it's half, but it looks like it's going to be used to for probably like menus and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. So so essentially, like if you imagine um. Uh, like with the Nintendo DSs, how like that top one is always kind of like a, oh, a lot of times the, the top screen is just kind of like extra information. Right. So, yeah. So this might show you something like, it might show you your uh, your current stats, like your health and your XP or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might allow you to quickly navigate through and adjust your controller options and stuff like that. Stuff that you would normally have to go out into a menu or a whole separate screen to do. Right. Um, and this basically puts it in the controller, which is excellent. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, it's it's a really good uh, way of doing dealing with it because it means that uh, you can do that on the fly while other people are playing um, playing alongside you without having to without having to kind of hold everybody up. Right. Big benefit. Yeah. So it, it's 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 interesting. Um, I mean, I, I can't say necessarily that it's going to be you know, an improvement, but it's at least something different. Right. And I think that's that's an important thing here because so many controller, like so many controllers that you buy out there today, uh, they they basically rip off the console that they're attached to. Um, so, you know, pretty much every third-party Xbox controller looks like an Xbox controller. Right. Um, there's no difference between them. Um, you don't... I mean, you do get a few uh, PlayStation controllers. Uh, they all still look like they they all still look like the the standard you know six axis uh, PlayStation controller that you you get with the with the console, right? Um, and you know that they all they all kind of look the, exactly the same and work exactly the same as the like as the con- the controllers that come with the console. This obviously is. Uh, this is designed for the Steam Steam Box, obviously, um, because you know the, we, we talked about the Steam Box last week. That was one of their other announcements that they had, um, uh, which means that you know it's obviously it's not it doesn't have a con, con, uh, a console to you know basically rip off. But um, I, I think this is a good direction to be going in with 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 controllers, because you know. Every year we get the we get the announcement from uh, 
the announcements well not every year but every time we get announcements from the different con- the different console guys uh they bring out the con- the controller and the controller basically looks exactly the same there's not really much to it right and i mean Xbox made a big deal about going on and on about how how great the new con- uh, new controller was and how it has all these little bits and pieces in it that make it you know make it different and make it a completely new contro- uh, controller but it really it's the same thing it's exactly the same thing there's nothing crazy new or crazy different about it yeah it's it's all um, like incremental improvements other than uh, right. evolutions right and uh, and so this this is a like it, it is uh, an evolution in in, con- in controllers. I mean, obviously, it takes uh, takes some um, concepts from other controllers, like the Wii U controller, right? And uh, and a little bit of design direction from the Xbox controller, I guess. But as a general rule, like it is a very different. It looks like it's going to be a very different uh, method of playing. And if the quote from uh, the the uh, team meet guy is anything to go off, it's uh, it's a better controller. So I don't know. What what do you think? What are your thoughts about this controller? Like, do you think this is something that you you would uh, you would like to play with? I, I think I'd like to try it out. Um- I think my only worry is how, uh, I guess, how easy it would be to use those touchpads instead of a joystick. Right. Um, and, I mean, you know, maybe one of the things where it ends up being great, just, you know, obviously, you know, me being an, an Xbox an Xbox man from the, the first one, I'm used to a, a, specific, a certain way of playing that I think is definitely going to change when you don't have the, that, you don't have that kind of, oh, I'll, I'll just flick the, the joystick a little bit to do this. You go, I don't know that there's, there's nothing to flick. It's, it's all a touchpad now. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. And I think one of the things that, uh, like touch gaming has, has against it. Uh, so, you know, gaming on things like iPads, iPhones, uh, f- phones with t- other phones with touch screens, tablets and stuff like that. Um, one of the one of the key issues with playing games on those particular platforms is that, uh, especially games that aren't made specifically for that platform, and there are fewer the few of those. Um, it is difficult because you don't have any feedback other than what you what you see. Right. And uh, if you spend all your time looking at your controller, you're not really uh, getting into the game at all. And uh, and it makes it difficult because sometimes you'll miss the miss the whole thing, like you'll miss the uh, the touch area for the controller altogether. Right. Um, that being said, this isn't quite the same because you still have the controller and you still have uh, because it's not like a giant screen that you're just pouring your hit like pouring all over. You've got actual areas that are defined. I mean, when I play piano. Uh, you know, I I don't have to look at the keys to know where the keys are. I just know where they are right. based on where my hands are positioned. And the same sort of thing goes when you when you touch type right. Um, not that I do that. I you know, I'm one of those you know peck peck kind of <laughs> typers. Uh, but um, you know, touch typists they don't have to look at the the keys because they know where everything is in relation to their hands. And I think the same sort of thing goes with controllers. Uh, you don't have to look down to see where your, where your thumbstick is at. Um, you can just you just you know instinctively go for it. And I think the same sort of situation will go here. And uh, you probably find that the controller will have 
uh, more capabilities because of the fact that it's a touch screen, like a touch a touchpad. Right. Uh, so you might be able to do like flicks and gestures and stuff like that that will uh, add to the experience, I guess. Yeah, and, and I guess the other thing as well is that because all the buttons are, or, or there, there's so many buttons, I guess, uh, hidden on the back, you don't really have any need to move your thumbs off what the area that is being that was that was originally a joystick yeah right so it's you're never gonna have that up that situation where you move your thumb off and you have to go move it back and suddenly you can't find it again because your, your thumb's never gonna leave the leave the area i i think the biggest issue that i'm going to end up having having with this this controller uh i'm assuming i mean assuming that i ever you know invest in one i guess um is that is the buttons on the back? I, I feel like the, the like my my pinkies are not going to be necessarily as as dexterous as I want them to be yeah. uh, when playing a game. But I guess I mean I guess a that will improve over time uh, as as you like as you play and as you get uh, get used to the console. But for casual gamers, and I would probably place myself in in the casual to uh, you know low intermediate <laughs> low intermediate uh you know gamers i'm not i'm not a f- i don't play all that often but i you know i play enough that i wouldn't be considered casual right i i feel like even, like given the amount of uh, of games that i play it's unlikely that i'm ever going to get uh really kind of used to that sort of a setup right and i guess that that's the that's the most concerning thing that i have you know, for gamers that sit down and play, you know, once, twice, you know, three times a week uh, or more, might not have trouble with it because, you know, yeah, I, they might get used to it. Yeah, well, I think most of the people who are using Steam enough that they, you know, are going to use the Steam box or Steam OS probably are going to be people who are playing often or often enough where they'll get used to it. Um, like I can't really imagine someone set, going through the effort, you know, or you know, buying a Steam Steam box, hooking it up, you know, using Steam, and going, "Well, I don't really want to play." You know, you know, I, th- I think, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Like, I think, I think most people who are like most PC gamers generally are pretty are, are pretty much in the intermediate to hardcore area of gaming, unless the casual to intermediate. So this brings up an interesting point, I think, because uh, today on um, on the Verge, so today being Wednesday, I came across a uh, an article about uh, from from which basically is taking quotes from well, specifically the the, the main quote comes from uh, from Randy Pitchford. Um, <laughs> Randy. <laughs> Every time I, I I see the name Randy, I think of the the episode uh, of of Adventure Time. I think it's called The Creeps, uh, where they go up to a they go up to a uh, haunted mansion type thing and have a have a costume party. Yes, where they're all wearing masks and stuff. And uh, and Jake says, "I'm Randy Butternubs." <laughs> Every time I Every time I See the name Randy, that's what I think of. Anyway, off topic. Randy Pitchford, uh, who you may or may not know, he's head of Gearbox Software, the company that makes uh, Borderlands. Yep. And uh, his opinion on the Steam box, or the Steam, Steam machine, rather, 
Steam Box, Steam Machine, it's all the same thing, really. Uh, the whole his opinion on it is that it won't be something that's going to take over uh, from from consoles um, you know, over the next two or three years. Specifically, his quote is something along the lines of this: uh, "They'll remain largely unaffected by anything that Steam does along this vector of OS machines and controllers over the next two or three years." So he's, in his opinion. Uh, this isn't going to do anything, game, be anything particularly game changing, um, or you know, and it's it's, and it's not going to you know throw the the current champions of of console gaming, which is you know Sony, Microsoft, and to a lesser extent Nintendo, uh, off their thrones. It's it's just going to be another another thing to to kind of add to the collection, I guess. So something I guess more like the Oya. Um, in that sort of a league. Well, I mean, you know, he, he didn't say it's never going to have an effect, just that it won't have an effect for two to three years. Um, right. So, I mean, he could just give, be giving himself an out just in case he's wrong. <laughs> uh, um, see, I, I, the thought of it, like the thought kind of comes to my mind uh, when the iPhone came out, right? Tech experts looked at it and they, they kind of dismissed it. Um, I mean, Steve Ballmer went as far as laughing at the thing. Mm. And, uh, you know, pretty much... Every single iPhone has been doomed since its, uh, you know, since it, you know, its release, and yet it basically, uh, you know, completely turned mobile the mobile phone industry on its head. Um, you just have to look at you know the sort of phones that came like directly before the iPhone and the phones that came pretty much directly after, right? And uh, you know, it's a completely different world of of technology. Um, so I find it I find it kind of difficult to to discount what they're doing. Um, you know, maybe it's going it's not going to be that that great, but there are there is certain th- uh, aspects to it I think that are going to be uh, that are game changing. Well, I think what's going to hold it back is the fact that it's a Linux based OS, right? Um, because right now there's not really like, you know, I think we mentioned this last week, how it says, you know, oh, hundreds of games will be supported, but you know, they have thousands of games in the library. So it, right. it's a, it's a, it's a small subset. And I, I don't, I, I don't feel like, you know, this is going to be released and suddenly every developer out there is going to be, you know, making a Linux compatible version. Um, so I think that's definitely going to hurt the steam box, steam OS, steam controller, uh, you know, environment, you know, yeah. until that gets sorted out. I think, I think you probably, uh, you're probably right there. If anything is going to hold it back, it's going to be the Linux uh, OS, the Linux based OS, I should say. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, Valve and Steam, uh, obviously have, uh, have quite a, relationship with various game game companies because they you know basically produce i mean they produce their own games obviously valve valve has uh, a number of games that they produce and but they also have other other studios games on there and there's no reason why they they might not be able to uh subtly convince uh these these gaming um these game developers to you know, basically produce new versions of their games for this particular OS uh, especially if if it is taking off, and and this is the I think this is the main thing about it, right? You just have to look at, and again, I'm going to bring it back to the to the to the phone market because this is kind of the most direct uh, comparison that we have. 
uh, you know, in as far as app stores are concerned, um, developers go where the where the money is, or rather, where the where the audience is. If people are using apps, using uh, using a platform, uh, developers want to make stuff for that platform because that's where they're going to find uh, find revenue, find find income. Right. Um, you just have to look. You, for as an example, you have to look at the way that, say, Apple is doing compared to, say, Microsoft, um, because Apple, Apple's App Store is, you know, for all its flaws, is doing, uh, is doing extremely well, whereas Microsoft's is very nearly dead in the it's water. It's hurting. I think is the polite way. Yeah, uh, it's. You know, it's basically on life support. It's it, and it's been there ever since day one, really. So, if this is if if this console does actually take off and they manage to actually get uh, people using it, then that alone will attract uh, game studios to create games for this particular platform. Well, I I think the problem with that is that already in game companies, a lot of them don't make either don't make PC versions, right. Or they essentially port over the Xbox version, or right slash and it you know maybe it comes six it comes out six months later after the console versions have come out. Yep. Um, so I don't know if suddenly taking that same you know essentially that same environment and putting it in its own box suddenly is going to make the game developers go oh yeah we'll push it out sooner now or we'll push it out where we weren't before. Like if if any if anything I think it might actually fragment. I guess Steam's audience even more because you'll have the people who are using Steam on their window, like on, on, on a Mac or a PC, and then you'll have those who are using Steam OS. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I do understand what you mean. That being said, I, I think that, uh, you know, my, my point still stands because uh, developers will. Uh, go to wherever there is there is uh, you know massive sales, and if the Steam Box actually ma- does manage to take off, um, then there's every chance that they will end up with uh, that they'll end up with a good platform that that is you know that uh, people people are using, and if a lot of and if if enough audience is using it, then. Uh, by default, I think that you'll find that the game developers will want to develop games for it just so that they can be in on that. Right. You know, they they will go to where the money is, essentially. Yeah, it's true. I, I still feel like those those same companies would have... Um, I, I would say, I think that if that market is going to be there, it's already there with Steam itself. Yes, yeah, I think... That, I, th- I don't necessarily think that's that's right, though, because Steam on on a PC is very different uh, a very different beast to what Steam on a console would be because a lot of people are perfectly happy to pick up a console uh, and play games on that even people that don't necessarily uh, you know would never never game on a PC right and uh, you know there are there are obviously uh, more people in that particular instance to play consoles as opposed to PC games because you just have to look at what like you, you just have to walk into your local uh, your local game store right because you'll go into a game store uh, and you'll have a wall of PS four three four whatever whatever uh, generation PlayStation games Xbox games uh you know nintendo games and then you'll have this tiny little alcove that is dedicated to to pc games 
And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking of the EB Games in, in Canberra and I'm fairly certain there's not even a whole wall. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it's a little tiny area that's then surrounded with, you know, other other stuff. Um, because PC games aren't necessarily popular. People don't want to play games on their PC. Um, I mean, some people do, obviously, but I think what the I think the difference here is is that you're not going to get uh, you're not going to get your regular everyday gamers uh, who just sit who like to sit down in front of their TV playing a lot of games on their PC because either they don't have the they don't have a PC with the with the guts for right. it, uh, and and that kind of puts regular people off, right? Because you look at like you look at dudes who just you know they they're not computer guys they just want to you know, they just want to play some games you know they they go out on a friday night with their with their mates to the pub and have chuck back a few beers and you know then on, then they want to come home and just you know blow some aliens heads off for a little while they don't want to have to boot up a pc to do that like that's a, that's a pain right. so these are bros um, not dudes they sound like bros, they're bros. Yeah. yeah bros my bad <laughs> uh you know, and and you know, you might have you might have uh, like even kids, right? Because kids don't necessarily play PC games a, a whole lot. Most of them want you know the latest console, <laughs> and so you know they get they get their they get their grandparents or whatever to buy them the console, the parents, you know, Christmas presents and and whatnot, and uh, they play games on the on the TV screen, and it's like I, I think that the console, like a console environment, is a much uh, a much stronger environment as far as games are concerned, and I think that's that's really that's why uh, Steam is going this way because they want to get in on that market where they they currently don't have. Right. Uh, they have revolutionised uh, playing games on a PC. They've already done that um, because up until up until Steam came along, pretty much the only way that you could b- play a game was to go down to your local game store, pick up a copy of the game, bring it home, install it, and get going. Uh, or you'd have to go through the particular game uh, company to get the game, and that necessarily didn't didn't necessarily work very well. Steam changed all that, and it made it very easy to go and get a whole bunch of games from one particular area. It made it much easier for uh, for indies to do their thing as well. And there's no reason why they couldn't do the, something similar to to the uh, the console industry. Yeah. I mean, it, it's quite possible. I think they'll just need to show that they are actually offering something better than what's already out there. Right, and that's of course the uh, that's of course the thing, yeah. isn't it? So we should probably move on. We've been talking about this for for quite a bit of time. Yes. So TV, TV, it is. I don't know if you saw it because I actually don't know how I missed it. Because um, this is from. This article is from 24th, so it's like a week old at this point. But uh, Fox is producing a Gotham City television show um, that does not involve Batman. Who wants Batman? I mean, really? Nobody. No, wants I mean, yeah, have you seen those Batman movies lately? They don't sell. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody watches Batman. I can tell you this much right now. <laughs> and, and for the listeners, uh, Jelly is currently wearing. A Batman jumper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. It's a. Uh, it's my. It's my Batman uh, varsity jacket mm. <laughs> for when when Batman went mm. to high school. Yeah, when he was bat teen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like Teen Bat works better. 
No, it's Bat Team. <laughs> because Bat Team brings to mind something that uh, that would be in a Dinosaur Comics comic. Yeah. Also sounds like a medicine. Like, have you taken your Bat Team today? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if there was a medicine called Bat Team, I'd take it, regardless of whether I needed it or not. Just going to point that out. So tell us about this uh, this this Gotham Gotham blah. Tell us about this Gotham City TV show. Okay. So uh, it will be on Fox or Fox producing. And I don't know where it will actually be once it comes out here. Um, it it essentially will focus on uh, Gordon James Gordon. So I would I would say Commissioner Gordon, but I assume on at this point it's supposed to be a, a whole you know I guess um, prequel to. Batman, so he'll be a detective, I guess, Detective Gordon. Um, so it'll focus on him, um, and I guess kind of the origins of certain villains. Like, I, I don't, I, right. I, I get the impression it's not going to be too Batman y in the sense that it's not going to be, you know, Joker, Riddler, Penguin, Man Bat, you know, like it's not going to be all these like really fantastical, you know, crazy villains right from the get go. Because then, then you'll right. go, well, you know, what do they do without Batman? You know, and then if they do win, you go, well, then why do they need Batman? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it sounds uh, very similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Because, and that's basically Marvel's version of this, uh, where we're dealing with a character that's kind of, he's a part of the, uh, he's a part of like the superhero thing. Uh, not necessarily a very big character. I mean, he's, he's probably bigger than Agent Coulson. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he, you know, as, as far as, uh, as far as, you know, where he fits within the universe. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, smaller character, not necessarily anything that's particularly, uh, fantastical, uh, or, or anything like that could deal like he, he basically, it could basically be like another cop show, right? With the, with the difference that every now and then you might get a superhero or a supervillain or something like right. that. Um, which is essentially exactly what uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, um, except not focused on a particular city. Um, I don't know. I mean, it sounds it sounds kind of interesting. Uh, you know, the, it's, it's definitely something that I think is working uh, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, even though we're only really two, a couple of episodes in at this point. Um, but it does seem that this is sort of the way that superhero TV is going. Yeah. Well, this, this is almost um, a bit more like what's well, I would say it's a mixture between Agents of Shield and Smallville. Right. In the sense that like Agents of Shield, yeah, so it, it's got the whole focuses on someone other than the main hero, but it still takes place kind of alongside everything else. Right. So this one's a bit different because it's focusing on someone not the hero and taking place before all that hero stuff. Yeah, they really do like the like the origin story TV shows, don't they? Yeah, like you know, having a having a show that's uh, that's set before everything because that that's it. Yeah, you're you're right. That is exactly what uh, what Smallville was. You know, it's it's one of those things. I, I it'd be nice if this does well. You know, because like like you said, you'll have the you have the the police procedural. You'll have some crooked cops. You'll have every now and then a supervillain, but I, I feel like a lot of it we've just been going around going, okay, so where's Batman? Or how, how do you do this without Batman? You, you know, like, it, I feel like it's going to be a little strange to to watch this. You know, like, I guess knowing, knowing eventually what's going, what's, what's going to be needed. Yeah, I mean, and that's fair. 
but I mean, as long as they stick to the whole idea that it doesn't have Batman in it, that 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 kind of is fine, I think. Um, but I mean, it's the same sort of that, that's the same sort of question that you get with really any superhero movie, right? Uh, I mean, you watch something like you watch something like Iron Man three, right, which is set to almost uh, right after the Avengers, and uh, you know, there's, there's all this all this crazy stuff happening. So why not bring the Avengers in? Why leave this one dude who's obviously struggling with it to fend for himself? Um, like it's <laughs> there's always the question of you know why not call these people in? Uh, but I, I think it's you know uh, it's one of those things where no superhero can be everywhere. I, I think that I think we that's something that people don't realize when they ask that sort of question. Like just because. Uh, and I mean, this is set before Batman, granted, but you know the, there are obviously going to be other other superheroes that were around before Batman. Batman, Batman's not the original superhero. Um, I, I think it's just the thing. It's it's the sort of thing where look, you know, I, it's it's it is interesting to see the, these other characters doing their doing their thing and being their best that they can be, and not just relying on some you know some uh caped crusader uh swooping in to save the day right because commissioner gordon slash detective gordon whatever you want to call him i mean he didn't get to where he was by relying on batman obviously there was obviously a reason why he got there and i think i think this is going to tell us uh this show will probably tell us you know why is he why did how did he make it to being commissioner like obviously he was good at his job so let's see that um I feel like that's the sort of thing that this is going to be, as opposed to, you know, every episode is going to be like, well, why doesn't some superhero just come and save the day? Yeah. Um, and, you know, to kind of, what I think would be interesting, because as I was looking this up, I, I saw, you know, I, I read the comments, which I shouldn't do, as we, we talked about last week. Oh, nobody should read the, you should never read the comments. Um, and someone mentioned a good point is what would make this show a lot more interesting is, and is it should take away our, you know, the whole, where's the superhero in the, from the back of our mind and say, so when, you know, in, in the normal Batman verse, um, Bruce Wayne's parents die and Bruce Wayne survives and, you know, anger issues, yada, yada, yada. Right. Well, they should do in this one, what they were saying is, he should die with them. So there's, there's never any chance for a Batman. So kind of make this like a, a, mm. a what if universe where commissioner, you know, where detective slash commissioner Gordon kind of has to, you know, maybe he steps up and he, you know, he has to do a lot more than he did in the other one where it's not just a cop. He has to deal with, he has to deal with crooked cops and, you know, pseudo supervillains with, without that superhero ever there. Not, not just, you know, handling them while they're small time crooks, and when they become big, big time supervillains, another guy in a in a mask shows up and beats them up. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. I understand the the impetus behind that. I guess because obviously that's that uh, could possibly play out as being interesting. I would go so far as to say that it's that would remove any of the uh, any any of the stuff that makes makes this show special. Because if that's if that's the case, then all you've got is basically uh, a couple of people's names and from from you know from some comic book that so happens to be pretty pretty popular and uh, and just a regular old you know procedural TV show. Um, you know, it kind of remind kind of makes me think of 
you know the the show series that uh, that that was made here in Australia based on Canine from Doctor Who. <laughs> it's I, I think it's called Canine: The Continuing Adventures or something. I can't remember. I'm going to look it up now. Uh, so, but the whole like the whole premise of it is that you know it's based on the character of Canine because the can- he was he was uh, partially owned by some dude that wasn't necessarily. Um, it wasn't like he made him for Doctor Who, but you know was able to do some other some other stuff as long as he changed the look of it. Right. And so he created this whole series, Canine Adventures. It's just Canine Adventures. Um, actually, it's just called Canine, but it was originally called Canine Adventures. Anyway, so the, the this is a like it's it's all about Canine and other friends that he so happened to have <laughs> met, and uh, you know. Like, no Doctor Who in it at all or anything like that, which kind of seems really silly. I mean, it seems even more silly than, say, um, that other show. Torchwood. Torchwood is the one I'm thinking of. Uh, it seems even more silly than Torchwood because, you know, it like there is such a direct tie to, to, to the Doctor and to the Doc, you know, to old school Doctor Who, whereas, you know, Torchwood was kind of, it was kind of written in there to be a, a spinoff in the first right. place. Um I mean that that kind of removing what makes a particular show special kind of uh you know it, it can make the show good and it can make the show really really bad. Uh plenty of people love Torchwood. I couldn't tell you anybody who even remembers K9. <laughs> uh or The Adventures of K9 or K9 Adventures or anything that anything like that. But I think you understand what I'm trying to say there like uh, I don't know removing removing batman completely from the picture doesn't necessarily mean that the show will uh, will find its feet i think uh and you know leaving him in the picture doesn't necessarily mean that it won't it's all down to who they get on the writing team who the showrunner is who's actually making the decisions about what's happening in the show and uh like and and that that really alone like and who's obviously who's playing these characters because uh you know together those those three things is what really kind of makes a, a decent tv show um i'd like to see like obviously it's set before batman so it might be that it this is this is really early days and whenever actually going like whenever actually going to see batman take the stage and that that would be fine um but that being said there's no reason why we couldn't uh, we couldn't have the pro- future the promise of a future Batman in the same way that Smallville kind of let let us linger on the promise of ever eventually some at some point seeing him in the suit right. and flying and that kind of, that was dragged out right until the last episode so yeah well hopefully it doesn't drag on the the series itself doesn't drag on like Smallville did. Yeah, Smallville was uh, was particularly bad in that particular yeah. instance. So it's not a necessarily a good uh, example of uh, of television in general. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I think I know, think the point is the, we, we, I still think it's a fair fair technique. Yeah, but I think the point is we we both think this could be a very interesting show. It's just all about how they implement it. You know, like I, I don't think right. we won't either of us wants to see you know ten seasons of it where four seasons is is where they really ended. Yeah, you know, as long as they don't try to, I guess, just cash it out as opposed to like you know a quality show. Like they have, they definitely have a ton of material, and and you know stuff to to base what they're doing on. So I, I don't think they'll be short of ideas, at least in the short term. Well, look, 
There are plenty of procedural cop shows out there, and uh, there's no reason why there can't be another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, every every cop show needs its, uh, its one thing that kind of, uh, you know, is kind of hook, I guess. You know, you have Castle, where it's pretty much a procedural cop show, except there happens to be this dude who writes books that's dra- that's you know tagging along with the team and also Nathan Fillion. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know you have uh, yeah there's there's other ones like uh I, I saw I saw something the other day for a, sh- a cop show that is essentially just like any other cop show like literally any other cop show except the dude is in a wheelchair like the main lead character is in a wheelchair. Um what what ha- what uh wacky hijinks will they think of next? <laughs> <laughs> you know, cop shows. There, there is no end to them, and they can run for years. So, uh, assuming that everything goes to plan with uh, with with uh, with Gotham, um, there's no reason why this couldn't be a good show, greatly loved show with a huge audience, uh, possibly an audience that's wider than you know than than a Batman audience, right? Um, you know, loved by people who don't necessarily enjoy a Batman film, but do enjoy a good, you know, a good cop procedural. Right. Um, I don't see why why it couldn't do well. Um, but yeah, like I said, has to have a good team behind it. Has to have good actors, good showrunner, good uh, good script writers. Otherwise, you're just going to end up with a really dodgy TV show. Yeah, and it's oddly enough, one of the things that um. So I, I think I misspoke before. I said Fox is producing, and they're not. They're just airing it. Um, Warner Brothers TV is actually producing it, but uh, right. F- Fox hasn't even has essentially ordered the show, and you know agreed to do all this before even seeing a pilot. So you know they, they're I guess their hope they, they're they're trusting that it, that you know with the same things that you think will happen that people will will view it no matter what. And that, you know, the people who like cop shows will like it. People who like Batman shows will like it. Right. And uh, I think that you'll find that uh, that Warner Brothers here, uh, w- although somewhat behind the eight ball, I think, on this whole thing, they see Marvel's, uh, Marvel's success and, and want in on that. Uh, and I, I doubt that there would be any lack of money. That, sorry. I doubt that there would be any limit to the amount of money that they would be willing to throw at a problem in order to make them make their success equal or uh, exceed the success of uh, of Marvel's Marvel's properties. Right. Actually, that being said, while we're talking about Marvel's properties, Agents of Shield, uh, bringing kind of back to the back to that. Um, and before we sh- before we end the show, because we're we're pretty much running out of time. But I did want to get. Uh, I, the pilot obviously uh, has has been aired, and I wanted to to get your uh, your thoughts on 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 that. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I did enjoy watching it. I, I didn't think it was the best thing of the world, so it, it definitely did, did not get ten out of ten beans. Um, okay, but it was it was good enough that I'm happy to keep watching. Right. Um, good. Which I, I guess is. All you can really ask for. Well, okay, this way for a pilot, it was very good because uh, most pilots are, you know, pretty bad. 
or or at least mediocre at best. So that this was at least it was still a good episode yeah. of a show. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I mean, so, some of the characters are, are a bit stereotypical. Um, okay. I don't think anyone I really thought was, oh, you know, like I thought, oh, that's that's a kind of a unique take. It's kind of like, okay, yep, that's the, you know, uh, that's the the smart person with an accent. So, you know, they're going to miraculously come up with <laughs> with with any, uh, tech, any, you know, any technological you kind thing. Of have- and you kind of have two, two of those. Yes, and they because they're yeah, yes, they, fits they, they essentially worked <laughs> together almost as a single character. Um, no, I understand what you mean, and I thought I thought that it was a good episode. Uh, I thought it was a good pilot. Uh, I don't think it was. It obviously, wasn't the greatest episode of TV ever, uh, but you know, it, it does have uh, it does have a lot of potential. Um, having also seen the second episode. I can tell you that uh, I feel like it's going to be a, the situation where uh, where Agent Coulson gets all the all the funny lines, kind of like kind of the same way as as Tony Stark gets all the all the great lines in Avengers. Right. Um, he does. He he whips out zingers left, right, and center. <laughs> uh, less so, you know. He does it in the pilot, but he does it even more so in the, in the uh, in the second episode. And I can only see this as being a trend that's going to continue. Okay, but I think that's partially because he's the most fleshed out kind of character so far, uh, and that's that's only because of the fact that we've managed to you know watch him do his thing in in various uh, you know various movies already. Um, Look, I think it's got. A, I, th- I think it's going to go places. I think this is going to be a, a really good show uh, if it manages to continue. If if it manages manages to uh, to bypass the 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 Whedon curse uh, of being <laughs> you know cancelled really really early on. Uh, but that being said, it is it is Disney uh, that's doing this. Like it's it, you know they've got it. It's not just you know it's not just that it's being produced by Marvel and then shown on some random TV show. It's being produced by Marvel, which is a Disney company being shown on ABC in America, which is, uh, which is a Disney company. And, uh, you know, I, I think that like that, they, they have a real interest in seeing this succeed. So I don't think it's going to be something that they're going to, uh, to cancel anytime soon. Hopefully that will keep it going. And hopefully, uh, Joss, uh, Joss Whedon's, um, Excellent abilities to produce TV shows because I mean his TV shows have been particularly particularly great, uh, but hopefully this will hopefully it will continue and he'll be able that Marvel Agents of Shield will become an excellent show uh, with uh, you know fr- from from here on. Yeah, and, and I think we missed the most important part of the pilot, uh, and that is that Shepard Book shows up as as a doctor. Yes. And I believe he's going to be in and out a little bit, like he's going to be like a second or third tier character in in the sh- in the series. That's good. I've also noticed. I don't know if you did that. He looks exactly the same, like age wise. He does, except for the hair, because uh, the hair obviously when he was in 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 uh, in Firefly and and Serenity, uh, his hair was mu- much much longer and was tied back. Yeah. Um. And as soon as I saw him on screen, I was like, oh, oh, he looks different without the hair. (laughs) But other than that, he looks pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. So, 
Um, so maybe he'll he's a sign of shield technology. They've they've brought him back in a younger body. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. Well, that being said, I think it's probably about time that we wrap things up and uh and because we spent a lot of time talking about the the steam machine, steambox. I don't know what it's called. Steambox. There's like both names are floating around. Well, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure steambox um, is what is what the is what they called it. Right. We spent a lot of time talking about that, but that's good. I think it was good. Uh, anyway, if you guys are interested in reading any of the stuff that we've talked about today, reading about any of it, uh, reading any of the articles that we mentioned, you can do that. We will link to them on the website. And the website is jellyandbean.co forward slash 45. Because 45 is a good number, I guess. Now, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do that. Uh, we have a form that you can fill out on a website. Uh, the, for- the website is jellyandbean.co forward slash contact. And yes. then you go to their website and you can, uh, you can fill out the form. It'll send us an email and we will read it and talk about it on the show, I guess. You can also talk to us individually. Uh, Brandon is on Twitter as Brandroid Attack, B R A N D R O I D A T A C K, and I am at Jelly Bean Soup. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. It has been once again amazing to talk to you all. Uh, we really do look forward to talking to you again next week. We will see you then. Bye.